0: kate jams 105.3 it's in there pretty with me a favorite radio reverend preach easy in the morning and now it's my favorite time of the morning. Time to go ahead and dive on into the word. But before I go ahead and dive on in, allow me to reintroduce myself. They call me preach easy, not because I'm easy on the eyes, because I believe the gospel should be easy like your Sunday morning. That means here on KJMS 105.3, we are diving in, talking about the nitty gritty, answering those tough questions. But before we go too far in, let's give the space over to the Lord. Let's center ourselves. And so let's grab up, you know, those problems, those issues, those challenges that we've been carrying with us for the past week the past month for however long and let's go give them over to the Lord now let's just exhale and give those challenges issues whatever problems we've been carrying with us let's just give them on over to the Lord now just go ahead and just exhale them out just and now that we got an open space for the Lord to move and groove, let's breathe in the blessings, the promises, the good news, the gospel that God has for us in the next week, the next month. Lord, if you're willing and you're able, Lord, we'll take it in the next 30 minutes, next 30 seconds. Let's just breathe in all that God has for us. Let's just breathe in on in now. just. And now that we allowed the Lord to move in the groove through us, let me reintroduce myself. They call me preach easy, not because I'm easy on the eyes, because I believe the gospel should be easy like your Sunday morning. That means here on KGEMS 105.3, we diving into the nitty gritty, you know, answering the questions that you ask yourself in the middle of the night, like who am I? What is my purpose? Why did God make me? Well... I believe all the answers to those questions are real easy because they start with you. See, the journey, getting there, that's where it gets tough. That's where it gets difficult, and that's where I come in. As your favorite radio reverend, as the most poppin' podcast pope, oh, yes, I'm on all streaming platforms, so that means all you got to do is type in Preach Easy. You can look it up on Spotify. You can look it up on Apple Podcasts. Heck, you can even type it in on Google. You just type in Preach Easy. That's P-R-E-A-C-H. Put a little space in between. E dot z is just that simple and you're not gonna to want to miss that out because not only are we answering those tough nitty-gritty questions but we are also in the middle of our starting seven series we're on day number five so if you're the type of person where you hate missing out on series you hate being in the middle of something or not knowing what's going on or understanding don't worry I'm the exact same way and that's what I'm here for see you just go ahead and you type in preach easy and you can tune in into the entire starting seven series because we've been diving in and getting serious about Genesis, the first seven days of creation. We started with day number one, moving all the way to day number five, and here we are. We're almost through the series. I know everybody be loving the series, and so I'm happy to give it to you, and I've been enjoying the starting seven series. But today, with day number five, we have to deal with something serious. Today, for day number five, we are dealing with the need to know the need to know with day number five. So without further ado, let's just dive into day number five of Genesis chapter one, verse 20, and it begins real simple. And God said, let the water team with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teams and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water and the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Since the inception of man, which looking at Genesis will come in just the next day following. But since the inception of man, there has been this underlying desire, this thirst for knowledge, this desire for discovery, this unquenchable itch to understand. Since the origin of man, we've had this desire to learn, to know. As we'll see in future Genesis stories, Adam and Eve can't help but learn and discover what happens when you actually do bite the apple that God instructed us not to. As humanity goes on and grows and develops, we discover and explore all across the entire globe. We develop things like sciences and arts to help us understand this world that shapes us and constantly is our reality. It helps us better understand and grapple with the things that we may not have understood at the inception of our creation, but through trial and error, through science and ingenuity, through discovery and just simple stubbornness and the desire, the need to know. Humanity presents and learns and deals and grapples with its reality simply to satiate this need to know. Genesis represents humanity or one of humanity's earliest attempts not only to know, but to try and understand what they do know. to not just grapple with these realities and accept that things are the way they are. But if you've ever been around humans for a long period of time, we have this innate trick or this weird little quirk where we do, where we always try and personify something. We always try to relate to something grander. Some things simply cannot be what they are and we try and find reason behind it. This is our need to know what Genesis is. It's not only the first book in the Bible, how it's presented when you open up your Bible, if you haven't dusted it off in a while, even though it's not the first written book in the Hebrew culture, even though it's not even the first story, it is f- f- supposed to be understood as the first story ever told, the first chronological story in the creation of existence. See, Genesis, this book, this collection of these starting seven days, and the following grand cultural stories of the Hebrew Israelites, this is what we call an etiological myth. Etiological myth simply means that it is an origin myth. Not just an origin myth about all of reality, or all of the universe being created, but also the origin of the Hebrew Israelite people, of their culture, of their traditions, of their holidays, of their sayings, of their language, of their quirks, and of their favorite foods, their dress, their jewelry, and how they understand themselves. An ideological myth doesn't say or doesn't make the claim that these things are not true, but simply are saying this is the story that a people group uses to help them understand and create a relationship with their reality. Etiological stories are found in every culture, in every part of the globe, because human nature has this desire or this need to know. And when we know and when we discover, after having all of this knowledge, all of this science, all of this discovery, we have to manage and grapple with this new reality. See Genesis is simply an example of a collection of people trying to grapple with the reality of not only their own existence, but the existence that they find themselves in, in this grand cosmic world, both as a divine creation, but also the subjects of slavery. See, many people, especially in the modern day, they credit Moses as being the author of Genesis. Now, while Genesis does detail the death of Moses, and that more or less raises some questionable points, I would accept and understand that Moses may have been the, offic- the author, not in the sense of writing it down, but instead the officiant, the person who directly can say this story is canon and this story is not. See, Genesis is a collection of stories not just about the creation of existence, but also the creation of the Hebrew Israelite culture. Of their people, of their holidays, of their heritage, of their lineage, of their different tribes, and why they interact and look this way and talk this way and relate to one another in this way and that. See, what it's supposed to do and represent, it's supposed to give the people and fill their desire to know. But it's also supposed to help them develop a relationship with their reality. Moses may not have been the author that wrote every single story, but instead Moses was likely the person that was going around throughout the Hebrew Israelite people and was collecting stories. Saying this story makes sense and this story doesn't. That this story is necessary and needed for our culture and these ones can go by the wayside. This is largely because Moses was raised as an Egyptian for most of his life and it wouldn't have made sense that he would have been raised and known all of these ancient Hebrew stories and all of this ancient Hebrew culture because he wasn't raised that way. Instead, however, with his status of being God's favorite prophet at this point in time, he was able to take and collect these stories and present them to God and say, does this reveal your relationship with us? See the difference where. Many people, although every single culture and race has this ideological story that helps them grapple and understand their reality, one of the beautiful things that's revealed in Genesis is how the relationship with reality is different. Whereas in other religions, especially at that point in time, Many of their deities, their divines, were extremely personified. They had faces and bodies and genital parts and interacted with humans in very um, mundane ways oftentimes, especially in Greco-Roman culture and religion. See, their gods and divines were meant to represent realities. They were supposed to represent the sun or represent the sky or be a representative for the earth, but instead, none of them were the true creation, the true source, the higher power that was. And so what many humans did at this point in time is by developing this different type of relationship, where we gave the power away that was supposed to be given to us. See, when we look at Genesis, these things like the sun, the sky, these things that we have to understand is that we have a desire to know and develop a relationship with our reality with. When it comes to darkness and light, the moon and the stars, the earth, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, Oftentimes, in other religions or other spiritualities, they would give power away to these beings, making them higher and taking away the very power that God gave to us. At one point in time, things like thunderstorms and tornadoes, things like great oceans or snowstorms, would seem like entire acts of God that we would be unable to oppose simply because they embodied a grander spirit. But what's shown in Genesis, what's shown in the Hebrew Israelite religion that we've all taken and followed as Christ followers, that eventually inspired this Hebrew Israelite that looked at everyone, that looked at women, prostitutes, poor folk, sick folk, people who just didn't have opportunities, and looked at every last one of them and said, you're worth saving. The religion that inspired that man, that Jesus started simply with this creation, this ideological story, where instead of placing all of these other realities above humanity, God decided to give creation, each portion of creation, its own space in its own time. What Genesis reveals, it's not only the origin story for how all of creation was created, but it also is the origin story that gives proof, that gives benefit to the power of humanity. We don't have to be beneath these things like the sky and the earth. We don't have to be subject to the things of reality and simply grapple with them back and forth. What God does in this Genesis creation story, by giving each part of creation its own day, its own time, its own focus, is God is giving each of them the power, not above one another, but simply amongst each other. Genesis creates a relationship with reality that's different than any other religion. Where in other religions, humanity would seem as an afterthought, something that's not cared about or simply is around to be there. With Genesis, with God, we have a caring creator. A creator that not only created all of creation, but placed us amongst it and not below it. See, we have a caring creator, a caring God that gives all of creation its own space in its own time. Sometimes we feel that we're no better than the ground or the dirt that we walk on. But even in the creation days, even the very dirt in the ground gets a whole day and a whole time dedicated with God. To develop, to grow, to be fruitful and to multiply. See, Genesis works as a collection of stories, of cultural stories, attempting tempting just to try and satiate humans' desire, this need to know. But sometimes in this need to know, it can lead us grappling and wrestling with reality. Sometimes this grappling with reality can leave us feeling abandoned, lost, or minuscule. But thanks to how Genesis, the author of Genesis and the creator God that exists, through the redemption of Jesus Christ, we can understand that we're not alone in this reality. That we're not grappling with this unknowable, abstract destruction or creation. Instead, we're being loved and cared for by a creator that thought of us way before we were in our mother's womb. That cares about us even in the midst of our toughest times. Even when we can't stand ourselves, here is this creator God. Creator of the entire cosmos still looking at you, saying you're worth saving. The need to know can fill us with this desire, this lust to understand, and oftentimes that can fill us or lead us to this devastating place afterwards, where we're forced to grapple with the reality. But thank God that the reality we exist in is created by a God that loves and cares for us, a God that constantly says, you're worth saving, and it is just that simple. This is your favorite Radio Reverend Preach Easy, reminding you that the need to know, the need to discover, it's very natural, it's very human, and God isn't ashamed or angry at you for discovering and learning and trying to be better than you were yesterday. If anything, that's exactly what God inspired you to do, so keep learning, keep pushing, and if you liked any part of this, like, share, send it to a friend and go ahead and follow for the next day. This is day number five of our starting seven. See you next time. Praying for you to hear from me again. Your favorite Radio Reverend Preach Easy. Signing off.